What's up? Somebody wake me. Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderberg. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're QNO. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Queued Up Podcast on Podcasting, Episode 1, The Beginning. Hi everybody, I'm Pod Vader, a.k.a. Jay Soderberg. He's John Luckenbaugh. Hello, John, how are you doing? What's up, Jay? I'm excited, I'm excited. I, I know, you, you told me you, you didn't sleep last night, you had <laughs> trouble eating, uh, you, you, had, you had a lot of water, which is going to give you some problems <laughs> for the rest of the day, I gotta tell you. Yeah, I might need a break here soon. <laughs> <laughs> John, why don't uh, you, you know people have listened to episode zero? They see it on our podcast description, but why don't you remind everybody who you are and what you do? I've got 20 years in the broadcast and podcast industries working in TV and radio studios for PBS, CBS, UPN, to name a couple. For podcasting, I've published thousands of episodes for independent entrepreneurs, hobbyists, and for the corporate space. Cuteup.com, the place to visit for that. If you don't know who I am, I've been in the podcasting space oh since the beginning as the lead producer at ESPN and vice president of content at Blog Talk Radio, Vox Nest, and executive producer at the Locked On Podcast Network. I've been around uh, and currently consulting people whenever I can, whenever they need. I will be there. Uh, but hey, this is our podcast on podcasting. We're going to talk about the business and tech of podcasting on a weekly basis. So be sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can reach me specifically on Twitter at the real podvader or nextfanup at gmail.com, which is the email address I use for my other football centric podcast. John, how can they reach you? Through QDUP's website, which is qd up.com or by email at info at qd up.com. So before we get into our business segment, which will be all about the rise of spoken word listening and our technical segment of what a loofs is, John, what are we using to record today? We are using the Zoom platform. Every week, we're going to use a different platform to record this particular podcast. We're using Zoom today. What microphone do you got so that everybody knows? I have the broadcast standard, the Electro Voice RE20. That's running through my Zoom F8N audio interface. What are you using? I am using the Podcaster Classic Blue Yeti microphone. For all those who think the Blue Yeti sounds like crap, well, if it still sounds like crap to you, that's why it sounds like crap. But if it doesn't, it's because I know how to use it. And John knows how to make it sound good. You sound beautiful, Jay. <laughs> now that connects through usb correct that is correct it is connected to my laptop and that is the only thing that i am doing i have no Excellent. other processing on me if i sound great it's because of any of the post-production you have done to this show all right so let's jump into the business side of podcasting every week we're going to give you a business topic that we're going to focus on uh, and a technical topic that we'll focus on this week just came out. Uh, Edison Research did a study on the rise of spoken word listening. It was sponsored by NPR. Uh, basically, spoken word listening has grown over the past six years. There's still some more growth needed for podcasting, but there are some positive numbers in this report for that. And let's jump right in to what this report is saying specifically about the growth of podcasting and spoken word. 
So one of the things I always caution people, especially if you're a former listener of the Always Listening podcast that I did, my buddy Joel Sharpton there, one of the things I always caution is be careful of a report that touts percentages as being the big standard. Because usually when you're, when you're touting a percentage, that means the actual number is not all that sexy. Uh, and the example I always use is a podcast company can say, we increased our listens by 100%, which is great. But if you only had two listens last year, and now you have four, you've increased your listens 100%. So always be cautious of anything that releases a percentage. Now, the best part about Edison Research is they do give you their exact numbers and the sample size that they used, which is 4,318. It's a national sample of ages 13 and older, online and offline. These people have been tracked since 2014, and the survey was conducted in both English and Spanish. Uh, There was also another spoken word audio survey with a thousand online interviews. Again, adults ages 18 and older. In order to qualify, all respondents consumed the spoken word audio monthly, which turned out to be 75% of the U.S. online population, specifically those 4,318. So again, 75% of the 4,318 were involved in the online interviews for this. I think that's what it means. If not, <laughs> if not, Tom Webster, my uh, online boyfriend, will uh, will punish me for saying it that way. Seventy five percent. That's the big note. Seventy five percent of the U.S. population has listened to spoken word audio in the past month, which is pretty significant. That's a lot of people, considering uh, as I come from a radio background and most of my career was spent in the spoken word genre. Uh, I started at, at a NPR broadcast. And then I moved on to ESPN radio, which is obviously sports broadcasting. It's weird to see, to hear so many people are listening to spoken word, uh, because I would still assume more people are listening to radio, uh, music radio specifically. So what they say here, Jay, is that the report encompasses news, talk radio, sports, audiobooks, and podcasts. That's what spoken word audio is. That is impressive. One of the more interesting slides that I found was the share of time spent listening to audio content and the percentage change from 2014 to 2020. And and by the way, this percentage change is much different than the example I gave before about two listens increasing to four listens. Spoken word audio since 2014 to now has increased by 30%, uh, which is amazing. And as we get further into the details, where that increase has come from will be even more amazing. In particular, the share of time spent listening to music content over those six years has decreased by 8%. So what I find fascinating about this is that plus 30% isn't necessarily being taken away from music. Obviously, some is coming from music, but it's also coming from other places. Podcast audiences are up 20% and also podcast downloads are up 46%. That's pretty impressive. The other impressive part about where all of this increase is coming from are the kids. It's the kids, Marty. (laughs) The millennials aged 13 to 34, the share time spent listening to spoken word audio increased 83% uh, from 12% back in 2014 to 22% here in 2020. It has increased 
overall for Gen X, which you and I are proud members of, and the boomer generation as well, but nowhere near the double digit increase that we see in the millennials. Mm-hmm. I wonder why the kids are, are breaking away from music and listening to more spoken word. Well, the report's showing that it's personal growth, better content, and the ability to improve mental health, which I think is something that's much needed, especially during COVID and all the social unrest here in 2020. Uh, definitely. <laughs> I, I know I could certainly use it. The other thing is where are people listening, right? Spoken word audio listening back in 2014, 73% was done on an AM FM radio receiver. Mm. Now here in 2020, 47% is only done on a radio receiver. 31% is done on a mobile device. Uh, back in 2014, only 9% of listening was done on a mobile device. Computer has stayed pretty much static, 9%, and now it's 9% still, with a slight increase back in 2016 to 12% listening on a computer. And what's really crazy, Jay, is in 2017, the smart speaker was added as a listening device. And that's something to keep an eye on because it's at 4% now in 2020. I think with the advent of Apple announcing the Home Mini, I think that will certainly help increase. And of course, obviously more awareness of what smart speakers can do for you in your life uh, <laughs> will uh, we'll, we'll obviously help increase that as well. Did you see any other things that stuck out for you, John, in this report? Yeah, Jay. Another thing that's really interesting is that audiobook listening is at an all-time high in 2020, with 54% of the U.S. population having listened to an audiobook. That's super interesting to me. Well, I believe uh, Up can help people with producing audiobooks, so I'm sure that would be very interesting to you. I will have to admit, I am part of the 46% that has never listened to an audiobook. Uh, I don't know if that makes me weird or not, but I'm a podcast listener. I don't have time for audiobooks. Well, now people are also starting to put their audiobooks into podcasts by taking an episode as a chapter, and then you can release seasons. And that's another way to distribute your audiobook if you don't want to go the audible route. That sounds like a smart idea. How listeners discover new spoken word audio. This is an interesting look into how do they discover new spoken word audio? And the number one result is, of course, searching the internet, which sort of ties in with one of the other pieces of news that came out this past week, that Google has added a new feature to their Google Podcast Manager where podcasters can see what terms users who find their podcast are using to find their podcast. For instance, my own personal podcast, my other, my NFL show, uh, one of the search terms people were using was Podvader fired, which really warmed the bottom of my heart. The people still Ooh. care. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cool information here on, on this, Jay, with uh, how listeners are discovering new spoken word audio. Along with the searching the internet, you have 41% find it through social media posts, 30% on advertising of other audio programs, and 25% through online groups and discussion boards, which we've helped with strategies geared towards audience growth and SEO, social media promotion, and cross-promoting of other podcasts. Mm. I'm sure you have a lot of clients that find that very helpful. The top 10 spoken word audio topics, I think number one is not a surprise being news and information. What I do think is a little bit of a surprise is music is number two. 
Mm. Um, so people love listening to people talk about music. <laughs> kind of curious. Yeah. Comedy humor being three, movies and TV being four, and then finally sports at number five. I find that very odd considering sports and comedy are two genres that really helped launch podcasting back in the early days. They've really taken a back seat now, I guess, to news and information and movies and TV. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of interesting reasons why people listen to more spoken word audio, John, including 79% saying multitasking, which I think is quite obvious. We know that you can listen to spoken word audio and do lots of other things, especially in podcasting. You know, people always talk about what do you do while you're listening to a podcast? Most people are commuting or doing household chores or working out things of that nature. Uh, so that makes a lot of sense. You can listen whenever you want. And again, that goes along with the multitasking. If you're doing something else, it doesn't preclude you from listening to spoken word audio. Pretty high up on this list at 63%, uh, the pandemic is one of the reasons why people are listening to more spoken word audio. Absolutely. And that's something that you can see in all the Apple stats that we'll get into later in the program here, Jay. But a couple of other things I find interesting are at 67%, people are listening to more spoken word to be aware of more content. And at 63%, people are listening to spoken word audio because they like listening to that more than reading. And at 54%, it helps with life's problems. And at 41%, it's because they have seen it on social media. Now, these are all ways that we've helped our clients engage audiences by creating strategies around building brand awareness, solving problems, to engage your audience in ways other than print or visual, or to create a wider variety of content for your social media channels. So a lot of great information there from Edison Research and NPR. I'm certainly thankful that they released this type of information to us so we can make informed decisions about our podcast as we move forward in this a crazy world. All right, John, it's time for our tech segment, or as I will start calling it, let's teach Pod Vader a lesson. Because uh, there's certainly a lot of uh, stuff from the tech space that I that I have knowledge about, but I don't really know the whys. Or I like to compare myself to Tom Cruise in uh, Days of Thunder as a race car driver. I know how to make the car go fast, but I don't know how to make it go fast. That's sort of the way that I look at myself in terms of the tech behind podcasting. And I think one of the biggest things that podcasters don't know about is what is a loofs? Isn't that the brush you use in the shower? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, okay. Loofs, luffs, however you want to say it. I call it luffs. You call it loofs. Let's call the whole thing off. <laughs> LUS stands for Loudness Unit Full Scale, which is a reference to the maximum level a system can handle. So we're talking about how loud your podcast should be. Uh, no, we're not talking about the fight that always occurs when you and your spouse can't agree on an appropriate TV volume level. Why not? I mean, I, <laughs> I like to listen to it really loud. I turn it up, you know, to like 50 on my television. At least it says it's 50. Does that mean anything in, in when we're talking about our podcasts? <laughs> me too, Jay. Me too. I, I listen to it way too loud, so I'm told. <laughs> Luffs, or loose, describes a measurement of loudness over a period of time. 
in podcasting, the purposes of Luffs is to make sure that if you play a bunch of podcasts, one after another, they all sound the same loudness, and you shouldn't need to touch the volume control. So Luffs isn't related to dynamic compression, which alters the sound of audio to be loud throughout. Luffs is simply a measurement of how loud does this audio sound. This metering is included in a bunch of audio programs such as Isotope, Audition, Audacity, Hindenburg, or services like Ophonic if you're creating audiograms and other content. So how many LUFs should my podcast be? LUFs are an absolute measurement relative to the full scale of zero decibels, which this is why you will see LUFs indicate with negative numbers. LUFs are also an indication of the unit of measurement, LU, loudness unit. So if you need to amplify by three loudness units, you will simply amplify by three decibels. So the industry standard is minus 16 LUFs. This is the loudness level that Apple Podcasts ask for. As a comparison, broadcast radio and television uses minus 24 LUFs in the U.S. and minus 23 LUFs in the rest of the world. Yeah, I went to Emerson College, so my math isn't good. But even I know that when you're talking negative numbers, the bigger number means it's quieter than the smaller number. That's absolutely correct. Uh, And there's other meters in these programs, such as the PPM or the VU meter. But these are not the same thing. Those are more concerned with how loud is the sample right now compared to the LUFS, which is measuring the average overall loudness. Now, you mentioned before that this has nothing to do with like your dynamic audio leveling. However, if you're using that, it can help you get to minus 16 LUFS. Mm-hmm. See, even I just changed the pronunciation <laughs> in the middle of talking in the segment. Are there uh, any exceptions to this rule? Yeah, there could be one exception to the LUFS rule. It's the pan rule, which are for monophiles, you can have a three decibel difference and measure minus 19 LUFS. This is a mixing and recording principle based on the physics of sound where the pan rule is intended to ensure a consistent volume if you were to pan audio between left, right, or center across two channels. Essentially, the doubling of a mono signal on most devices will will result in a three decibel increase in perceived volume. You may see this in audio editing software where converting a stereo track to mono or a mono to stereo will actually change the waveform, but may not affect the perceptual loudness. All right. Now, I know that I recommend all podcasters produce their shows in mono simply because it takes up less gigabytes, megabytes Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of file size. So are we producing to minus 19 because it's a mono file or are we still producing to minus 16? That's a good question. So where you have to be concerned is if you mix it in stereo, when you go to bounce down into a mono file, that you may have to adjust the the LUFs for the three decibel difference that you will find going from going from stereo to mono. Awesome. This has been very educational, John. I appreciate this. And I would uh, recommend if anybody out there has technical questions that they want us to address on this podcast, please send us those emails, info at qd-up.com, and we will gladly take your emails uh, the email, by the way, if you don't know how to spell QD-up, is in our show notes, so you'll be able to email us rather easily. We've come to the finale of episode one here, John, and we're going to report on the Apple numbers 
provided to us by Daniel J. Lewis and mypodcastreviews.com. Now, I haven't looked at these numbers in quite some time since my days back on Always Listening, uh, and I always find these numbers super fascinating. What I find the most fascinating is before COVID-19 struck the world, the podcast industry reached a major milestone of 1 million podcasts, 1 million total valid podcasts available in the Apple Podcasts app. Since that time, we have increased the total number of valid podcasts available in the Apple 50%. And that's not uh, two plus one. This is 1 million plus 500,000. We are currently at 1,540,634 total valid podcasts. That is crazy. That's incredible, Jay. You see the number for the total episodes available in feeds? That's even crazier. 35,142,286 episodes. <laughs> I wonder if I wonder if Daniel and I'm sure he does have access to how many days slash years it would take to listen to 35 million total <laughs> episodes in the Apple Podcasts app. Just in the previous day since we're recording this, 2,268 podcasts were added. And actually, in the last 30 days, the biggest day uh, was on October 13th, where 11,161 podcasts were added to the Apple Podcast app. We were the 11,161st that was added on that particular day. I'm very proud of that particular note on our podcast here, John. That's awesome, Jay. Love it. (laughs) (laughs) It's important to note that, obviously, all of these podcasts are not necessarily active. And Daniel defines active versus inactive as a podcast that has published at least one episode in the last 90 days and inactive as any podcast that has not published any episode in that same time. Now, it's important to note that inactive does not necessarily mean that the show is dead, podvaded, or podflashed because there's the obvious example of Serial, which is not producing new episodes, but is still one of the most listened to podcasts Mm. on the face of the earth. So the total number of active podcasts in the Apple podcasting app is 666,162 or 43.24% of that one and a half million podcasts. That also means a higher percentage is inactive, which is a shame. And I see another thing here, Jay, is that the podcast by available episodes and feeds, 23% of them that are available only have one episode, 354,275. Yeah. The number that have 10 plus episodes uh, is 38%, which is 597,893. So we're already above the 23%, Jay, with this being our second episode. Well. A trailer in one episode. We're above average. <laughs> we are above average. It's what we shoot for here. Uh, again, these stats are courtesy of Daniel J. Lewis and his mypodcastreviews.com. We appreciate the work that Daniel J. Lewis is doing. And John, that brings us to the end of the show. It's, it's been a wonderful first episode. This has been exciting, Jay. I love it. 
Can't wait till we get our next one up. Well, that will be coming next week. So in the meantime, be sure you tell a friend. If you have questions, comments, topics you'd like us to address, uh, please send those to us via email. You can reach me at the Real Pod Vader on Twitter. My DMs are always open. Uh, so if you don't want to publish your question publicly, you can ask me privately, and I will gladly answer them. Or you can email me personally at nextfanup at gmail.com, which is the email address for my NFL podcast known as Next Fan Up. John, how about you? You can reach me through the website qd-up.com or through the email address info at qd-up.com. That is the end of Cued Up Podcast on podcasting episode one. We will talk to you all again next week. There you have it.